Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, Hoopsype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoopsype podcast. On today's episode, our Hoopsype salary cap expert, Yossi Goslin, joins me to discuss what the future holds for each lottery team in the Eastern Conference this summer. I'll share intel I've heard from around the league on each team in the East. That's a lottery team. And Yossi will help me explain how the moves can happen from a salary cap perspective. And he'll help me project some free agency values for players as well. And in case you missed it, Yossi and I broke down the Western Conference lottery teams. And you can check out that episode previously on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So with that in mind, Yossi, let's start breaking down the East with the Indiana Pacers, who've been in the news a lot lately with the dismissal of Coach Nate Bjorkren. Um, You know, to me, it seemed like the writing was on the wall when Pacers president Kevin Pritchard didn't give him uh, a vote of confidence one way or the other at his season-ending press conference. And usually when that happens, if somebody else better can come along, they'll look at it. And certainly that's what happened here. In this case, we've heard some noise about Terry Stotts uh, as a guy you know who also got let go in Portland. That's now four coaching openings already. So it's going to be an interesting summer there so far. You know, I never know what to look for in a coach. Uh, mm. I don't know anything about like whenever there's a new coach getting hired, just that I know with, when they hired Nate Bjorkren, it's just like he was, he was with Nick Nurse. Uh, they go back. He's under that umbrella. I'm like, all right, sounds good. Maybe this is going to work out. And you always kind of find that like silver lining with any new coaching hire. So unfortunately, this one didn't work out. And, you know, I Hopefully, whoever they get next can, can can really work out. Yeah, Nate was close with uh, Pacers general manager Chad Buchanan um, from back in the day. But, uh, you know, look, at, at, they did not meet their expectations that they had for themselves. So they make the change. Uh, there's certainly going to be other changes as well to come. Uh, you know, previously around the trade deadline, you know, I had, report, I had reported on Hoops Hype that Indiana was open to moving Aaron Holiday for a first-round pick around the deadline. Uh, he's one player among several that, whether it's executives you talk to or other league sources, uh, they believe that uh, he will be available on the market. There's some other guys as well that they, they could move uh, that we'll touch on. And also they've got some free agents, some key free agents that they have to decide. Uh, two of these guys – I'll give you a little sneak peek, folks. These guys are going to be probably somewhere uh, among our top hoops hype free agents going up in our rankings coming up soon. So you have to stay tuned for that. But the guys I'm talking about are Doug McDermott and TJ McConnell. I mean, you know, Yossi, from from your perspective, looking at the salary cap and, you know, roster constructions for each team, what do you kind of value those guys at right now? Because they're going to have suitors this summer, no doubt about it. Yeah, they're definitely going to have a lot of interest, and there's definitely a pathway for Indiana to bring both of them back. Uh, interesting thing about Indiana is that they have all these players in their starting lineup. You know, none of them's like Sabonis is the only All Star, and then everyone else is like a really, really. He's a good starter. No, no one's really high end, but they're all making a good amount of money, and they're all make, getting reasonably paid. Like they're all tradable contracts, but the money is adding up. And they had a, a luxury tax crunch last offseason. All they were able to really do was uh, uh, was sign Aaron Holiday. I mean, uh, Justin Holiday. And now they they got a McDermott and McConnell expiring, and but they're only about like twelve mil or so below the tax if you account for their draft pick. And that's not going to be enough to bring McDermott and McConnell back. 
So they gotta they gotta shed some salary. Obviously, the easiest way is they could trade one of their starters. I don't know if that's the route they want to go through yet. Uh, but you brought up Aaron Holiday, and something I could see happening is maybe they want to combine him. Maybe Jeremy Lamb is making ten mil. Uh, you can try to package those two together to a team that could just take them on. Maybe you could get like a late first round pick for them combined, but then you save a ton of money right there. And then you should have plenty of room to bring back McDermott and McConnell. I could see McConnell. I think McDermott should get around uh, the full mid-level and up. And then McConnell, I see him getting something close to the full mid-level, but probably a little bit less. Let's say combined, they're getting like slightly less than 20 mil combined. Uh, as long as if you can get off Lamb and maybe one and maybe Holiday com- combine, uh, you'll definitely make the room to re-sign both. You know, it's interesting. Both you also got to remember uh, both are rep by Mark Borlstein, and that guy squeezes teams for every penny. He did a great job with Mason Plumlee last summer in Detroit, and you know historically he's one of the top agents in the game. So I I'm pretty sure they're going to get as much as they can. You know, Doug had a really good year shooting the ball. And in a league where shooters are valued more than ever, I certainly think he'll get taken care of. Uh, TJ's defense and really just his growth as a player in this league after being on one of the, the you know, the rebuilding 76ers teams, uh, it's, been, it's been nice to see him carve out a nice niche for himself, um, you know, around the league. Um, you know, they also have some guys that are extension eligible as well that they got to look at. Um uh, you know, Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, and TJ Warren. I think, uh, you know, you had touched on with me off air previously. So, um, I mean, do you see any of those happening? Because I could also see teams poking around to see on the availability of all three of those guys, especially uh, Miles Turner. You know, I feel like Miles has been in trade talks probably every season since year two of his career, honestly, um, just because of his ability to be able to spread the floor well enough and his elite defensive ability as a shot blocker in the paint. So with all three guys, uh, the only one I for sure don't see him signing an extension would be TJ Warren, just because uh, he would, his extension would have him making around 17 million annually. And based on how well he played last season uh, and, and especially in the bubble, there's definitely some room for him to uh, – I think he's worth more than that, and I'm sure he he knows that too. So that just just because of that, his extension amount is pretty low, and I, would, I think he'll enter free agency uh, instead. Uh, and then you got Brogdon and Turner. Look, uh, Brogdon, that's – his would get him averaging around like – it'd be three years, averaging about 29 mil in those three years. I think that's also that's also a bit high for Brogdon. Uh, maybe he could play into that value, but then you know if you're looking to potentially trade him down the line, I don't know if that makes him uh, very tradable. And then, uh, but then you got Miles Turner. I'm not too sure his would be three years, and he'd be averaging about 22, 23 in those three years. Um, that one, it's. I could see him maybe taking it because that is a good amount of money, uh, especially for a big man. But uh, maybe he wants to also reach free agency and maybe he could make more. But at the same time, if they were to give him that and they want to move him down the line, there's definitely I don't think it's in um, unmovable by any means. It's definitely reasonable. Oh, yeah, I could see that. And I mean, it would be more than his average annual salary now. So time will tell on those guys. But, you know, it's interesting as we touch on Miles Turner, his name uh, had recently come up in some trade talks. Uh, I believe it was Jay Michael of the Indy Star who mentioned uh, the Charlotte Hornets as a team that could be interested in trading for him. They've previously been linked to him in the past, which I thought was interesting that his name would resurface there. But um, and talking with executives around the league and even agents that are repping free agents that are going into the market, everyone is expecting the Charlotte Hornets to go after a big man or two. Uh, they've got their own free agent centers that are on the market and Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. 
So, you know, among the guys that have been linked there, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Sacramento Kings free agent center. And uh, for them, I think certainly that they're going to look at a big. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Um, You know, as we'll touch on another center later on in the podcast that some around the league think could be linked there as well. But they hold a lot of the chips at the table because they have the cap space uh, more than a lot of other teams. And it gives them the flexibility to really go out into the market for a guy, like I said, like Rashawn Holmes. But I'm not sure about trading for Miles Turner. That That's interesting to me. But I don't know if I see that because they've had a chance to do that previously and they didn't get it done. Right. So all eyes will be on who the Charlotte Hornets could get for their center. Uh, they basically – they almost – they were basically going P.J. Washington at the end, and I don't think that's very sustainable. And uh, you mentioned Rashawn Holmes, and looking at this free agency market, I think he stands out pretty with a, in a with a pretty healthy margin, the best unrestricted center on the market. And he just seems like a very good fit on Charlotte. I could see him, you know, with being a fit on on a lot of the other teams with cap space, but. Charlotte's got the biggest need, and uh, when we, as we mentioned in our in our last podcast, the Kings are going to have some difficulties in trying to retain Rashawn Holmes. Uh, there's definitely some. There's a lot of ways that they could get around that to give him uh, a fair offer. But you know, Charlotte, yeah, they jump out to me as a team that could be the most aggressive for him. Uh, now, after him, if then there's a big drop off with all the other unrestricted centers. And at that point, maybe Charlotte want instead of trying to sign a center, they could trade for one. And they do have they have a lot of cap space, so they don't really need to worry about matching salaries. I don't think they really want to trade any of their young uh, foundational players like Rozier or Bridges or Washington. Ideally, I think they maybe want to trade uh, maybe a future pick and try to get a center that could be available. And uh, instead of sending the salaries a match, they could just absorb that player with cap space. Uh, some of these centers that come to mind, yeah, you mentioned maybe Miles Turner, uh, and then to a lesser extent, maybe Al Horford, Steven Adams, Chris Porzingis, you know, some guys that should definitely be available. Might not fit the timeline of the Hornets as well as Turner or Holmes, but the, the main idea is that even if they don't sign a center, they'll be able to trade for one for sure. Yeah, and they've got some younger assets that they could flip, like guys like Miles Bridges, et cetera. But, um, you know, I mean, they've also been keeping some continuity with Charlotte. They picked up James Borrego's option, and, you know, Hoops Hype has learned that several assistant coaches also will have their team options picked up, and that staff did a great job uh, working with Devontae Graham last year and, uh, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier this year, especially. Uh, you know, it's also worth noting one of the guys on Charlotte's staff uh, as an assistant coach, Jay Hernandez, who also wrote a G League bubble diary for Hoopsite, by the way, if you didn't get to check that out, give it a read. Uh, Jay Hernandez quietly was a finalist for the Hofstra University men's basketball head coaching position that ultimately went to Speedy Claxton, former NBA player. Uh, league sources told hoops hype. So, you know, in an era where coaches are being, you know, viewed for assistant coaches in the NBA that are being viewed for college jobs and, you know, guys are always looking to take the next step. Uh, you know, worth noting on Jay there, a guy that has had a lot of, uh, success with player development, guys like Kemba Walker earlier in the, in his career and, uh, Tobias Harris as well. So in terms of, Switching back now to um, Charlotte, from your vantage point, from a cap perspective, what are you looking at in terms of uh, this summer, in terms of not only their uh, cap space, but, you know, one guy that's intriguing, I think, is Malik Monk with his qualifying offer because his tenure there did not get off to the best start, but he played better this year. And I think he's given them uh, a decision that they have to make that wasn't as easy as many thought uh, when he was struggling early on in Charlotte because he's improved so much. All right. So with Charlotte's cap space, there's probably a couple things I 
I think will happen. Uh, I think that they'll hold on to the Martin twins and McDaniels. They're all non-guaranteed. Uh, my guess is they hold on to them, and they'll probably they'll for sure uh, try to resign Devontae Graham. He's got a uh, small cap hold, and with that held, they could get up to twenty three and a half million cap space. So what they so in regards to Malik Monk, uh, that he's not in the he's not in the picture with that cap space projection. He's got a large sixteen million dollar cap hold, which would basically take take away their cap space. So if they want to bring him back, if they want to get the be- the best of both worlds, bring him back and use cap space, the, what they're going to want to do is uh, the re-sign Malik Monk early on in free agency, like make that the first move once uh, free agents can be signed. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what uh, what his market is, but let's say, you know, maybe it's, Maybe you could get him for somewhere that's like around half the his uh, cap hold is. So if he has 16 million interfering with cap space, if you re-sign him to like an eight to ten million dollar contract, then now you're getting an additional six to eight mil added to your cap space because now that big cap hold is not interfering. So I I was uh, thinking along the lines of his his qualifying offer, which is at 7.3 mil. Let's just say he he signs that he comes back for one year and signs that, which I could see happening. Uh, then with with a Graham with a Graham's cap hold and all those non non guaranteed players still on the books, they could get to about 15 million cap space. So you got Monk back at is at a reasonable price. Uh, you you can re-sign Graham and you got 15 mil to spend uh, to try to get your center or trade for a center. I think that's the best way they can use their cap space from the way you're saying it, because that's, to me, their biggest need, without a doubt, is um, at center. And, you know, switching gears now to a team that did upgrade at center, I think, uh, pretty significantly, the Chicago Bulls. They got Nikola Vucevic at the trade deadline, and they're going to have some decisions to make as well when it comes to this summer, uh, looking at a bunch of players, particularly uh, Lowry Markinen, uh, Daniel Tice, Garrett Temple, Thad Young, who's got a non-guaranteed salary, though I think it's pretty safe to say that he stays, and they also got to figure out yeah. what they're going to do with Thomas Sanaransky as well. So interesting guys to take a look at there. Um, I, I, for me, you know, I, I would just say that, like, Markinen, his time there was – Curious to me because this was a guy that was a starter. They had high hopes for him, and then they made him come off the bench. And, you know, to me, Lowry's a guy that's looking to have a bigger role and someone that I think teams around the league are going to look to give him uh, a shot. You know, anytime I talk with executives around the league, they always make the joke that, oh, he's a Spurs kind of player, you know, because he's obviously got uh, international uh, blood and he could shoot and uh, they've always valued those guys. It'd be interesting to see if uh, they made a run at him uh, this summer for sure. But, um, you know, the other guys I had touched on, like uh, Daniel Tice, um, you know, from what I'm told, Tice is looking for the right balance of an opportunity to play, uh, be on a winning team and obviously have some respect shown through money. Um the value I've heard for him, uh, expected value uh, from talking with people around the league, uh, he could command interest from teams above the mid-level in, in free agency, I've heard thus far. Time will tell ultimately, but you know this is a guy that's been a, a starter and um, he's got playoff experience. Uh, he could shoot the three if he has to and um, you know a, a leader and a locker room guy, I think. You know, he does all the intangibles for a team to win. We saw it in Boston when they were doing well. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see his market as well. And so regarding marketing, just from the outside looking in, I, it feels like a change of scenery could be best for both sides. It's just so hard to evaluate him. Every time it looks like he's about to turn it on, he'll get going. He'll have a night where he's making like six threes. 
and then he just gets hurt the next game and it just it's just been a, a roller coaster with him and with like said he'll have some really good nights and then the next night he's just out for a while uh, I, 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 we did mention this. We were talking about the Spurs, and I mentioned in the in the last podcast. I that definitely makes sense. I could see the Spurs. They have a lot of cap space pursuing him. Uh, just it feels like there's definitely going to be a lot of openness on both sides. Maybe uh, they can work together to find something that works for the both of them. Uh, if Lori wants to go elsewhere, maybe they can work out a sign and trade. Uh, Maybe if nothing, if there's nothing too uh, good out there, maybe Laurie could take the qualifying offer and they could give him one more go. But he definitely becomes at the for now he's tentatively you could say maybe a sign in trade type of uh, asset for the Bulls because they'll probably be, be they'll, they'll be trying to do some things to build around Vucevic and Levine, uh, and then with Tice, um, you know. He definitely. He, I was I was surprised that the Celtics traded him. Uh, he, he's definitely worth around the mid level at least. Um, yeah, he, he should definitely. He could. I could see him getting a little more than that. I don't see why. I don't think that would be a bad contract or anything. Oh yeah, I mean, I you know again, I think it's it's going to be teams have an interest above the mid level, but you know that's like a a lower ceiling for that. I think it can go more, um, as you said as well. Um, you know, and the other guy that people are going to be monitoring in Chicago is Zach Levine's situation because, um, and, you know, you can go in depth on it, but he is eligible for an extension, but it's not uh, that much where he can get more on the open market or even just re-signing with Chicago after the season. So that probably isn't going to happen, but what's going to be the X factor there is, how does he pair with uh, Vucevic? Do the two of them fit? Does Chicago take that step to become a playoff team? Because at a certain point, Zach Levine wants to win. You know, he's already gotten past the you know slam dunk champion label only. The guy's become an all star player, one of the better scorers in the league, and he's looking to take that next step with a team. And obviously, he's got a big say in how Chicago does because he impacts their team so much. But they have to win more next year. They have to build on what they tried to do this year. And, you know, getting Vucevic is a great start, but there's more work to be done. And Arturis Karnasovas is going to be uh, the one pushing the buttons there. And I think he knows that ultimately going into next year. And I'm afraid that with Zach Levine's situation, he's set to become a a unrestricted free agent in 2022. Uh, I do fear that that cloud could loom heavy maybe not so much on the team but maybe for some bulls fans that he's going to be unrestricted and you mentioned that he can sign an extension ahead of time but it's it's way below his market value uh it's 104.8 over four years and he if he hits free agency right now he's probably going to get a max salary no doubt offered by whichever teams need a a a dominant scoring wing and have the cap space to give it to him. So he's not going to sign that extension. And because of that, he can almost book that he can make it to unrestricted free agency. Uh, There is a possibility of renegotiation. Eric Pincus on Bleacher Report first brought this up, uh, that the Bulls could create some cap space and use some some of their cap space to increase his uh, 19.5% million salary to a max salary next year and then they could add four years on top of that at the at the max uh with raises uh now though it, that one that option is a little less likely after they got vucevic and and to do that they would have to they would have to make some they have to cut some more salary which they could get there if they cut them if they could uh get off of a minu salary uh Tomas Sadoransky's got a five or six million dollar partial guarantee. Uh, ideally, they might want to trade that hold as well and not have the dead, not have that uh, five million on the on interfering. So they could get to the cap space. I think they only need like thirteen or fourteen mil to give him that max salary for next season and renegotiate. But on the other hand, I don't see them doing that, even if they could. Just because 
they need to give Levine a reason and, uh, you know, they need to really build the best team around him and Vucevic. And if they're in a position where they can use cap space or make a big trade or something, they need to focus on getting that talent first and then pay Levine later. So while, you know, that's 14 mil or so you can give them now, I think it just best for the organization that they try to add another piece to potentially make this a contender because uh, they're far from that right now. They were pretty disappointing after getting Vucevic. I thought they were they would at least make the play, and they couldn't do that. Uh, granted, Levine did get COVID, but um, still, it was pretty disappointing. Uh, I, I agree with you on paper. I thought the the exact same thing. And and look, they didn't go out and get Billy Donovan. He, he, this is how I would say it. You don't get Billy Donovan to necessarily coach a a full rebuild. You're you're trying to win sooner now. Now, if you brought in maybe a guy like Kenny Atkinson, I'd be singing a different tune because Kenny has done a full scale uh, rebuild. And by the way, we will be touching on Kenny Atkinson later on in this podcast. Stay tuned for that. But um, I I think like more or less got a a good grasp on things with the Bulls. You know, as you, as you kind of touched on, and and I did a little bit earlier. Thad Young likely staying put. Had a great year off the bench. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, um, and if you know if they can maybe get off of Sanaransky's salary to to do some other things and Alpha Rupamino as well. Um, but they're not the only team that's going to be looking at trying to trim salary in certain places. The next team that we'll touch on as an Eastern Conference lottery team is going to have to do the same thing: the Toronto Raptors, and they have several guys uh, that are going to be unrestricted free agents, most notably Kyle Lowry who, as I hinted at earlier, uh, with our free agent rankings coming out on HoopSype.com soon, stay tuned for that. He will be among the top free agents in this year's class. And they also have some interesting non-guaranteed contracts that they're going to have to make decisions on, including Rodney Hood, Chris Boucher, and Aaron Baines. Now, I think you and I can both agree, uh, you know, Chris Boucher had, uh, I don't know if I would call it a breakout season for him. But because um, obviously he did enough to earn a nice contract last summer, but he took a, a notable step forward in his development. Um, you know, Aaron Baines situation with Toronto, I don't think for either side it panned out the way that they thought it would. And, you know, Rodney Hood is going to be a, a bit of a wild card as well, depending on what they do or look to do this summer. They've got to keep Gary Trent, who when they made the trade for Norman Powell, you're getting Gary Trent, a guy that's much younger with uh, some upside there. I believe Gary's 22 at this point. I mean, this guy's got plenty of room in his game going forward. And one thing about the Trailblazers, they always do a good job of developing uh, a lot of their young guys. And Gary Trent is no exception to that. Uh, you will see him on our hoopside rankings as well for the free agents coming up. So, uh, you know, you'll see from my perspective, I think Baines is – uh, salary with uh, Toronto as far as getting it guaranteed is the least likely of the three of Hood, Boucher, and and Baines. I think Boucher is a lock. Uh, what are your thoughts on on those three guys? I'm with you. Um, I would take it a step further. I think Boucher is the only one who will be uh, out of those three that will still be on the roster, um, mainly because the Raptors, they're looking to have cap space this summer. And it, it's out of all the teams with cap space, now that Giannis is not available, I really don't know what what they're gonna go for, what they what they need really. Like I know they need a center, but maybe they could get someone with with their draft pick. Um, it's I don't I'm not sure where they go with their cap space. So, uh, but regardless, they can get to about 23 mil, uh, and that's with. Chris Boucher staying. I, I, I'm guessing he'd be the only non-guaranteed player out of the seven that that uh, gets guaranteed. And then uh, that also that projection also includes uh, Gary Trent's cap hold, so they can resign him after using their cap space. Um, and yeah, so that, that's the main reason why they're probably gonna they'll they'll only keep Boucher like just to maximize that cap space. Uh, 
But it's it just interesting. I really don't know where they where what they're gonna do with it. You can't, you know, twenty three mil or so. It's a lot of money, but I'm not exactly sure what they're what they can get that's gonna elevate them back to the playoffs. I mean, mostly, I think they're still a playoff. They they definitely still have the talent between Siakam, Vavli, and Anunobi to make the playoffs again. Um, maybe, um, but I just. I'm not sure what they can add on top of that to bring them where they really want to be. You know, I think it'd be interesting if they, you know, try to get another big man. And, you know, depending on how they use that cap space, they could be in the market for some of those guys we've touched on earlier. Then then you're looking at an interesting core with, like you said, Van Vliet, Siakam. You're going to likely retain Trent through restricted free agency long term. It gives you a nice little four-man team. Definitely a team I think that's a minimum a play-in team, if not a back-end playoff team. And then you can go from there and try to build around those guys. Um, you know, obviously Kyle Lowry's future is going to be the biggest uh, topic. You know, with what happened with Victor Oladipo in Miami, it didn't pan out after the trade, uh, and he got hurt. It'll be interesting to see if if you know Jimmy Butler is banging on the uh, the drum there to. to improve that roster and Kyle uh, was heavily linked there you know we had reported previously on Hoops Hype on, on those talks and some of the names that were dangled at the time uh, which was uh, Kendrick Nunn who's gonna be a free agent as well and uh, it, you know certainly uh, it'll be interesting to see if they make a run at Kyle Lowry uh, this summer he's he's gonna have an interesting market I would think as one of the top guards because I don't see I don't see Mike Conley going anywhere. Um, I think really if you're looking at a, a point guard upgrade, I don't see Chris Paul going anywhere. Uh, so that leaves you with Kyle Lowry and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think uh, is the other guy as well that could really upgrade a team. You know, I, I do expect Spencer to come back uh, as healthy as he can from his injury. He's he's done it before, and uh, you know he's had plenty of videos of his work ethic and rehab so far looks good you know with with the all the reports that Kyle Lowry really wants wanted to get traded to Miami it almost feels like at this point you can maybe just write in Lowry to Miami with their cap space unless unless uh, like in, in un, unless it, it just doesn't happen but it feels like why not at this point if he really wanted to go there just just for clarification does that that cap space have uh, is that factoring in, um, you know, Dragic has an option, I believe. And, uh, you know, like if, if they look to have a cap cold with Kendrick Nunn, like how, how does that break down? Miami could sign Lowry outright uh, with cap space. They would have to decline Dragic and Iguodala to have cap space. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like with Gary Trent, very tiny cap hold with Robinson and Nunn. They could re-sign those guys after, which is good. They'll get expenses, but it's a it's really nice to have these really good players like Devonte Graham, Gary Trent, uh, very low cap holds, and then you can use cap space and then re-sign them afterwards to whatever they want. If you're Duncan Robinson and you're a shooter like he is, and you're looking at the money that Joe Harris got and Davis Bertans got, uh, you've got to be salivating as you get ready to enter the free agent market. I think. He's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Um, he's certainly a guy that uh, I think on most people's boards uh, be a top 20 free agent at the minimum and someone to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, again, I'll keep plugging it because it's coming. And get ready for those hoopside free agent rankings coming out soon. But, uh, you know, we touched on Kyle Lowry as one of the top free agents, but there's another guy on the next Eastern Conference lottery team will touch on the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jared Allen, who's going to be a restricted free agent this summer, who is going to get a lot of buzz. You know, some executives around the league believe the Charlotte Hornets could make a, a play for him as they need a center and they have cap space, even though he's uh, restricted. And some have even floated out there, uh, Dallas. So to me, look, ultimately, l- let me make this clear. Jared Allen, I see staying in Cleveland because they can obviously match anything. And they made the trade and gave up a pick to get this guy for a reason. They believe in him as the long-term 
future starting center and a member of their core going forward. Um, and, you know, I, I would argue that he's as much a priority to pay as doing an extension with a guy like Colin Sexton, for example. So um, that's how strongly they view him in Cleveland right now. Yeah, so you mentioned how Dallas and Charlotte as teams interested in Jared Allen. That's really – that's interesting. At least from executives, yeah. That yeah. They, that they are that's, – that's what they believe. Um. I mean, it would, in my opinion, would probably require some cooperation from Cleveland. Uh, maybe, you know, it's very hard to get a restrictor free agent. But like, if you look at, for example, what happened with Indiana and uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon didn't want to return to Milwaukee, and then Indiana approached Milwaukee, offered him a first round pick to avoid the qualifying offer, restricted free agency game. And they agreed to a sign and trade. Um, that's definitely the simplest way for a team like Dallas or Charlotte to get Jared Allen, and and then uh, you know they have the cap space, so they don't really have to worry too much about giving Cleveland uh, salary back. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it would just require. It'll be tough because I, I agree with you. I see Allen ultimately returning to Cleveland. I, they 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 traded for him. I obviously they. You know they gave they let go of Drummond to uh, develop him and just give him all give him all the minutes. Uh, yeah, I I think ultimately though, yeah, he'll be back in Cleveland. Yeah, and I mean, look, I'll say one thing about Charlotte. They've in the past obviously made a you know restricted free agency offer to Gordon Hayward an offer sheet way back when. They they don't have any qualms about doing that. So you know we've seen previously. When Sean Marks had cap space, he threw out a ton of qualifying offer sheets to drive up the market. Charlotte could certainly do that, uh, depending on you know where they are in the Rashawn Holmes sweepstakes, and and the timing is obviously pivotal to that. But another guy that doesn't get talked about as much in Cleveland, but quietly um, had a nice year for them after being acquired, is Jared Allen's backup, Isaiah Hartenstein, who. Uh, you know, this guy played about like 18 minutes off the bench. He'd get you eight points, six boards, a couple of assists and a block, shot the ball well. It's pretty good numbers for a backup center. Um, you know, I'm told that he plans to opt out of his player option since his qualifying offer is going to be uh, a little bit over $2 million and it's going to be worth more uh, than the minimum salary that he would have had with that player option. And then he would become restricted. So ideally there uh, – I'm told they'd like to negotiate something more long-term uh, with Cleveland. But if not, take the qualifying offer, and then next year becomes an unrestricted free agent uh, when he's going to be either 23 or 24. So he ultimately, I expect to be back in Cleveland. But it's going to be interesting what they do with him because, again, this guy showed that he can be uh, a proven backup big man in this league in the, in the minutes he had behind Jared Allen, and he got some spot starts as well when Allen was out. So uh, an interesting guy to keep an eye on as well. In yeah. yeah. Him opting out makes sense when he signed, he signed the uh, one plus one with Denver with a player option for this coming season uh, at the minimum. Uh, when he signed that, he was basically out of the league. He was cut from Houston. No one picked them up. So when he got that player option as insurance in case this season doesn't work out and maybe nobody uh, was going to have interest in him. But, yeah, no, he played – he had a pretty uh, – he had a pretty good bounce back season. And I think he's proven that he belongs in the league. So if you know how you have – if you have interest from other teams, you're basically going to be guaranteed the minimum. So you might as well opt out. And at least, you know, you, at the worst, you're still going to get the minimum. No need to lock yourself into that now. Yeah. No, I mean, look, yeah, and I thought he he had a nice little uh, second half of the season after he came over from Denver. And, and we touched on a little bit about uh, Sexton being extension eligible in Cleveland. Um, I, you know, I don't know. If, you got to look at Cleveland. It's like you're going to get to a point where you're going to pay Jared Allen. I don't think they're going to be able to really move Kevin Love unless, you know, they can get, you know, we, you and I talk about this all the time. Everybody's going to get linked to Oklahoma City if they got a bad contract and they could give up a pick. But 
I don't really necessarily see Love or Tory and Prince getting moved right now. So it's going to be tough for them to have that cap flexibility. And then it's like, okay, you're paying Jared Allen. You then got to see, like, you got Garland then coming up as well in the backcourt. You're going to pay him and Sexton and Jared Allen. Like, that is that going to be your team? Or are you going to pick one of those guys eventually or move off of one of them? That's going to be an interesting dilemma for uh, Colby Altman and the Cleveland front office looking ahead. Um, I'm so glad you brought this up because one of the things, one of the bigger mistakes I think they made was trading for Andre Drummond. And I know that in hindsight doesn't look like, you know, it didn't look like a big, like they were giving up much. They only traded like expiring contracts in a second round pick to get him. Uh, so it, on the surface, it feels like they didn't give up anything. But looking back at it, they actually had a, they lost a big opportunity cost. They were going to have like over 20 million cap space in the 2020 offseason. And by trading for Drummond, they were over the cap. Uh, and now you mentioned you got Jared Allen about to get a new contract. Colin Sexton is going to become extension eligible. Eventually, then you got Garland's coming up next. The whole point is that you've got, uh, they could have had cap space last season. Now they're not expected to be, they're not going to have cap space this offseason. And once all these guys get paid, they're never going to have an opportunity to have cap space maybe within the next five, six years. And it, it just – they so you brought up Kevin Love and Torian Prince. It, I think you know this might seem like a lot, but one thing I think the Cavs should consider – talk. yeah, maybe they should talk to OKC. Maybe they could – maybe they do give up a future pick to get off Kevin Love and Torian Prince because – if they can get off those salaries, this could be their only window to have cap space. And you could do a lot with this cap space. Um, if they can get off Love and Prince, they can get close to 50 million cap space for this offseason. And that's before re-signing Jared Allen. And I'm not saying they need to, you know, they're not going to get like one of the best players out there. But you could get a couple of good rotation players, get some, maybe get a young player that uh, didn't pan out yet, take a shot on him. Uh, also, you can do like OKC's doing, take back some other uh, bad contracts, not nothing super bad, but take them back, get some more picks. So they the whole point is that they 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 don't have any flexibility going forward, most likely. Why not give up a little something now to get a ton of flexibility and then they, that can open up to open up doors for them to do a lot more things while also giving all their young players new contracts. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at Cleveland, you know, with the they're they're not in a rebuild. They're, you know, they've rebuilt in the sense where they've made their picks and now it's like you're trying to transition into getting those wins and you know, re-signing Jarrett's going to be key, but I just think it's going to be tough to move Love and and Tory and Prince and you know, in a way you know, they've kind of gone through a bit of a rebuild and they're still trying to get through finishing touches of it to get to that next step. On the flip side, a team that is going into a full scale rebuild, the next Eastern Conference lottery team we'll touch on, the Orlando Magic, they're going top to bottom. And I mean by that is, you know, obviously they're starting with uh, the head coaching vacancy with Stephen Clifford not there anymore. Um, with that in mind, some names to watch for the Orlando Magic head coaching position uh, that I've heard. Ime Udoka, uh, Kenny Atkinson, who I touched on earlier, a guy who has proven that he can lead a rebuilding effort as he did with the Nets uh, and change a culture. Uh, some other names I've heard to keep an eye on, Darvin Ham, Milwaukee Bucks assistant. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there because if that team loses to the Nets, there's a lot of people around the league that think that uh, that could be the end for Mike Budenholzer and some members of his staff. Obviously, Darvin came with him from Atlanta. It'll be interesting to see there. Uh, some other guys, uh, Dan Craig, who got some coaching interviews last year. Another guy that's expected to get a few more this year as well, as he looks to try to take that next step and get his first head coaching job. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see out of those guys uh, which way they go as they look to 
emphasize player development in Orlando right now. Yeah, if I'm a young team like Orlando, I if when you're like, like I, I look at what OKC just did. They're in a big rebuild. They hired uh, from within a young coach, who uh, again, I'm a, we don't know really any. We didn't know anything about him at the time. I think that's the route Orlando should do right now. Just get a young coach, um, someone new. That I don't think they really need to get one of the experienced guys out there. Just get some fresh blood. Oh, if they do that, I mean, some of the guys I touched on would be first-time coaches. If they've gotten a guy that's previously been a head coach, I'd bang the drum for Kenny Atkinson, again, given the job that he did in Brooklyn. But, um, you know, they've also got some free agents they got to look at, Otto Porter, James Ennis. James Ennis was a big Clifford guy, uh, played his best ball with him. And, uh, you know, James Ennis, uh, I'm told, you know, Hoops Hype has learned he's looking for a three-year deal if he can, but open to a two-year deal. Um, and he wants to get some stability. He's, he's bounced around a little bit. Um, you know, ideally, he's looking for near the non-taxpayer to the taxpayer exception somewhere in that range. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get that coming off a year where he shot 43% from three-point range and uh, we'll see if a, either a playoff team can give that to him or or someone else. But just something to keep an eye on as we get ready towards the free agent market as well. Yeah, with Ennis, he's got full bird rights, but it'll be interesting to see what direction Orlando goes, especially now that Clifford's not in the picture. So I'm not I'm not too sure where where they stand with him, especially because Orlando's got a lot of young players right now. Like they. It might not seem like it, but in my opinion, they are stacked with young players. Uh, and that's including Jonathan Isaac and Markel Foles. I cannot wait for Jonathan Isaac to come back. I think he's going to come back and make all defense immediately. Uh, you've also got Wendell Carter, who just totally revitalized his career as soon as they got him. Uh, you've got Okiki, who's starting the breakout, uh, Cole Anthony. Uh, R.J. Hampton was having a really hot streak towards the end of the season. They've got two, and that's before their two lottery picks that's about to come in this year's draft. One of them from Chicago. They're in. They're in. Like I really like what they did in the trade deadline. I thought they absolutely sold Vucevic at like the peak of mm-hmm. his value. To, like couldn't have done a better deal. Um, Aaron Gordon, they got a future pick, and R.J. Hampton, who we just mentioned. Uh, And they already have so much young talent, um, and they got these picks coming. I'm very confident, like, at least one or two of these guys are going to pan out, should be uh, starting caliber players. Uh, That's not counting uh, Isaac, Carter, and Fultz. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... It's, it feels like to me that with all this young talent coming in to develop, they have so many shots to to take on these guys that I don't feel like this is going to be a very long rebuilding process. I could see the magic, uh, especially if maybe they can nail one of these draft picks coming up, get a real, uh, maybe not a star, but like a, maybe not like an all-star level player, uh, particularly at the wing, if they can get that. I think they'll be back in the playoffs maybe in the next two to three years. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the other guy that they also moved, Evan Fournier, I I never had the sense that he was going to be back there long term. And now, you know, as I had touched on with you on the previous podcast, there's some execs around the league that believe he's targeting 15 to 20 million dollars in free agency this summer. Obviously, that'd be kind of rich for a rebuilding team and it could be for some others as well. One guy that got lost in that shuffle there, I kind of want to touch on, Mo Bamba, who, you know, one thing about John Hammond and Jeff Weltman, they've always been guys that value length and athleticism. Bamba has had some uh, trouble staying on the court. Obviously, he dealt with COVID as well. Um, Mo, I think, is entering a pivotal year in his career. You know, they've got Wendell Carter there. They could play him at the five. They could play the two of them together if they want, and they've also got the lottery pick as well. Uh, big year ahead for Mo Bamba and his future, not only there, just like uh, you know where his fit is in the league. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. He's uh, extension eligible and Wendell Carter, so it'll be interesting to see 
what they do there. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on on those guys and and what they would do there with that from a cap perspective. I so they the cool thing about Orlando's offseason is I just want to come back to when you mentioned Fournier. They got a, a trade exception for him, so the Magic probably won't have cap space this summer. I, I doubt they'll go that route, but they do have a $17 million trade exception for Fournier. Uh, they have a $4 million trade exception for Aminu. They can still facilitate some salary dumps just while over the cap and get some extra uh, draft incentives or a young player as well. Uh, they got plenty of room below the luxury tax to take on these bad salaries. So that'll be something interesting to watch, which would be, you know, which would help expedite Orlando's rebuild. Uh, now with the centers, I would, I, I really like what I saw from Carter. Um, it, he was, I remember Carter was playing really well in the beginning with Chicago in his tenure. And then he had that bad ankle injury last season. He just hasn't been the same since. And maybe, and I was surprised that you know, it's been so long since that injury that he, couldn't get going in Chicago this year, but maybe just needed a change of scenery and he's looked so good. I I think Carter is definitely a guy they should look to extend this soft season. Um, you, you know, uh, I'm sure there's, there'll be, I'm sure there's a number they could uh, agree to Orlando. They, they did come to agreements with Fultz and Isaac, the, the uh, previous uh, off season. I think they'll, they might be willing to pay a premium to to secure Carter uh, with Bamba. Uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to what exactly they should do if they do get extend him. It'll probably have to be something very team friendly. Uh, I I could see it being totally reasonable that they give him a three or four year deal as long as it's something you know around the I don't know maybe no more than the mid-level, which maybe he can play that well, but maybe they want to get him at less than that. Uh, at the same time, I could see him being a big candidate to take the qualifying offer um, in the following offseason. Uh, most likely, I think Orlando's going to want to play the year out with him, just really give him another shot. Hopefully he can finally get some consistency and live up to – uh, the potential of the where he was taken in the draft, um, yeah. Because especially because I don't know if that's something if he wants to take something you know long term where maybe he could. I don't know if he wants to take something. I don't think he wants to give too much of a discount and extension either. So I, I think that one's going to play out most likely. That could I could agree with you on that. And then you know last but not least for us in the Eastern Conference in terms of the lottery teams, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know, for them, uh, when you look at some of the guys that they've got to make some decisions on, Dennis Smith has a $7.7 million qualifying offer. Uh, many around the league do not see that being picked up. And, you know, that would make him become an unrestricted free agent. Uh, they've got Corey Joseph on a non-guaranteed salary. I think he's at around 12 $12.6 somewhere there. And they've got Wayne Ellington and Hamadou Diallo in free agency as well. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with some of those guys. I think Corey Joseph actually has a, a a chance to be back. I think many didn't necessarily assume that at first, but he played well with them uh, when he came over there. And you know, for Dennis Smith, I've, I I got to say, man, I Dennis Smith is one of the better people I've met in the league, and I've always. Felt like this guy, if he was healthy, his athleticism could help him thrive in the league. You know, when he first came into the draft, he got compared to like a young Russell Westbrook. Um, I would love to see this guy healthy. And, and if he ever improved that jump shot more, um, what he can do. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens for his future. Wayne Ellington, a guy that is going to be a coveted shooter on the market. Uh, I think he is going to have no shortage of suitors. You know, older veteran, good locker room guy, good three-point shot. Uh, and Hamadou Diallo, a guy that I was a little surprised Oklahoma City moved Hamadou Diallo, um, to be honest with you. I still think he's young and scratching the surface of what he's going to be. But, hey, 
good find for the Detroit Pistons in, in that regard. Yeah, with, with Dennis Smith, I'm sure he'll still be in the league. I'm, I'm sure there's still many teams uh, hoping to take a shot on him. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm not too sure it's going to be in Detroit, especially because he's got a seven, almost $8 million qualifying offer, which I do not expect uh, Detroit to tender. It's just it's going to be... It's going to be quite a lot. Um, Ellington, you mentioned Ellington. He was almost out of the league. Like I did not see him continuing in the league after his previous year in New York, and he just he just came in and was lights out. I was really confident he would get traded or even bought out if after the trade deadline. But he's he stuck around, finished the year. Um, sure, there's going to be a contender looking to add him to the mix. And, uh, yeah, Diallo, uh, I definitely did not see that trade happening. But it, looking back at it, yeah, I could kind of see Oklahoma City, maybe they decided, you know, Diallo's good, but we've got all these other guards and we, maybe we just don't want to pay him. And Diallo's going to, he's going to get a nice contract this summer, I think. And the Troy Weaver has a relationship with him from his days in Oklahoma City. So that that, that definitely played into it. So, I don't think they acquired him unless they were going to bring him back. Um, as for the rest of the Pistons offseason, I'm really not sure what direction they'll go. It's really hard to predict what they do, uh, like like as, the, as was the case last offseason. Um, they, they've got all, they just got to focus on developing their young guys. They got to nail their pick. They're, they're going to have a top no worse than six pick, so they got a or seventh pick. Uh, most likely it'll be in the top three or four. So they really got to nail that pick. Just best player available. I don't think they have anyone on their team at the moment who has a lock on their position. Uh, obviously, there's good Jeremy Grant, but he's also uh, not exactly, you know, he might not he might not be part of the next great Pistons team, uh, just given where he is uh, compared to the Pistons timeline. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm guessing most likely they'll just look to do some trades there is a path for them to have cap space if uh they can if they waive Corey joseph who's got a partial guarantee but as you mentioned he played very well to end the season with them maybe they end up keeping him uh but to get to a significant amount of cap space they probably also have to make a trade like maybe get off mason Plumley or maybe even trade jeremy grant i don't know if that's something that they're looking to do but if they do they would they would get a. They would probably get a lot. They would get a lot for him. They should get, in my opinion, multiple first-round picks. Uh, a year ago, I would not have guessed that Jeremy Graham would have his trade value at that contract would be as high as it is. But here we are. <laughs> you know, it's interesting too. You touched on possibly uh, moving Mason Plumley, and you know what was interesting about the deal that he did was he got a, a trade kicker in his contract, which kind of blew me away a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I remember, yeah. And I, I, I remember even when I, I, I reported that and I was just, okay. Like uh, I remember the replies you were getting, they were like, like they were all, it felt like they were mad at you. Like, like, Hey, he didn't give you the, you didn't, Michael didn't give the trade kicker. Like he just, they're like, why would he get that? Oh my God. <laughs> I always, I always do get a kick out of my replies on things like that. And as you said that I'm, I'm like on my phone on the side, just pulling them up. Uh, the memes and the, the gifs were hilarious. The gif, the gifs, that's another debate for another day. But, um, <laughs> I, I did get a, a big kick out of that, but I also got a big kick out of doing this podcast with you as always, brother. Um, you know, we touched on a lot of the teams previously in the West. Now we've wrapped up in the East. But as you and I both know, we're only getting started. Uh, you know, the playoffs have been great. But for a majority of the teams in the league now, it is the offseason. And it is time to look to improve and get to the next level for a lot of these teams. I uh, look forward to continuing to try to break it down with you you know, with your salary cap expertise and my nuggets of intel that I can try to get around the league. Yeah, thank you for having me on as always, Michael. Can't wait to talk about more of these teams as they get eliminated. Enjoy the playoffs while they're still going. The offseason is un 
uh, unlike last year's, it's this one's going to be a lot longer. So uh, make sure you get your fix of basketball in before it, it uh, the offseason comes. Absolutely. And on behalf of my colleague, Yossi, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Yossi too. He's Yossi Goslin, Y-O-S-S-I-G-O-Z-L-A-N. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scott, wishing you and yours all the best. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.